This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Joe, the Dungeon Master of this campaign, and this is Advantage. Happy birthday, Advantage. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. birthday. How old are we? Three years old. (laughs) Wait, what are things that uh, three-year-olds do? Uh, We're in our, like, dinosaur phase right now. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yossi, did you go through a dinosaur phase? I guess. You guess? I definitely went through a dinosaur phase. When I was three, I wanted nothing more than to be a paleontologist because I was a nerd. Oh. When I was three... I mean, I was in El Salvador. Well, what'd you want to be in El Salvador? I didn't have many toys. I think I had like two cars. Nice. That's toys, so. What'd you do in El Salvador when you were three? I went to the roof and I played with like bricks and sticks. What an adventure. I used my imagination. I'm glad that Advantage is still in its using imagination age then. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be a real bummer if our D&D podcast didn't have imagination. Yeah, I I guess so. I was interested in dinosaurs, but sure. like, I don't I don't call it a phase. I yeah, still think they're cool, but oh, the dinosaurs are always cool. They will always Agreed. Will be cool. Yeah. I was one of the one of the this is my trains phase, but like some of us oh, trains are still cool. Train phase. So all right, Sarah, <laughs> she's throwing shade at me. I, I I also know I had a bunch of Thomas the Tank Engine stuff when I was oh Thomas the Tank Engine all Same. the way. Yeah. yeah, no, can't relate. <laughs> also, feel like I remember. Getting like JJ the jet plane like mailed to our house like I thought JJ the jet plane was terrifying. I just remember getting them email like mailed to us the VHS. When I made it to the states, I did watch JJ the jet plane. I did not watch Thomas the Tank Engine. When did you leave El Salvador? Right before I turned six, so I made it to the states in two thousand. Yeah, like August of two thousand, I think, or September. Did you move to California or New Jersey first? New Jersey. I was born in California. You were born in California, went down to El Salvador, moved to New Jersey, Jersey. then moved to Arkansas. So I was in Jersey. Watching Thomas the Tank Engine. No, you weren't. You just said you weren't watching Thomas. JJ the Jet Plane. What's the truth, Yessie? What's your origin story? (laughs) Um. Okay, so we're celebrating our third birthday with our yearly anniversary special. Uh, and we're going to try to sum up all of Arc 2, which started, um, or which got published for the first time one year ago. What happened in that year, y'all? What happened was, uh, we had to get the band back together. We had to get the band back together. Why? Um, to stop the Warforged. Right. Well, to investigate the Warforged. Yeah. For specifically, at least in terms of Morlinde and Ulrich... To further the security of Nuisa Talos and the protected remnant, like the Watched Forest is are is still like not as powerful as it might once have been, and not in any way prepared to handle some kind of invasion, if her dearth so chose to do that. And so we came to learn about and potentially defend ourselves from the Warforged. So one of the locations that you have connections to is Delve Deep, and how did you decide to get to Delve Deep? We went through the Underdark. Oh, we were in the Underdark forever. Forever. <laughs> but it would have been more forever if we'd gone above ground, presumably. Yeah, it really would have. The Underdark is magical, and the King's Highway uh, somehow like shrinks space-time. Like portals. Like yeah, portals. It's how you I do think the, you do portals. It's like how you do the Kessel Run. <laughs> Sue us, Disney. What did we see down there? Like at first? Uh, sure, yeah. If it, if it helps, go to the AdvantageDnd.com oh. homepage. 
That's what I'm doing. I'm looking at the episodes. I'm just going through the list of episodes. The first thing we saw was uh, the troglodytes. Yeah. Yeah. And we fought them and saw everyone's new powers. Yes. What are what are some of those new powers? I mean, like the main one in particular that's of um, interest. Probably Blade that's Song. Right. I forgot that Blade Song was new for you. Well, I mean, it wasn't necessarily new, but it was like the first time I was like really like beating beating people up. We reclassed Alaris's arcane traditions to Blade Song. Um, cool. And we saw um, I, Ulrich's new stuff. Yeah, that's where I started to multi-class as a Hexblade Warlock. And then there was a one of my favorite guy. things happened in that particular episode when the dwarves just all fell down they the hole on top, of each, other top of each other. Yes, and uh, still acted yeah. like they were major players in the battle, even though yes, <laughs> that was it's very really good. Just a big cuddle puddle. I don't know. I guess you can take this out if you want, Joe. But the listeners might be interested in knowing that that did happen genuinely when we recorded the first time. <laughs> Yes. I forgot that we recorded we that We did twice. record that one but twice. We had to Why re-record that. Twice? Someone's audio or something messed up, and then we had to uh, re-record it. So after that, we learned about All Real's fear of going underwater. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lots um, of plans involving rope, as I recall. learned about rope. Yeah. Lots, lots of rope. So um, much rope. Um, and then we then got to the King's Highway. One of the places in the King's Highway, or like just off of the King's Highway, was this huge... The huge what? fungal um, room. Yeah. With the shrine that um, Grimton was not a big fan of. <laughs> it was a shrine to the king that crawls. Yeah. Torog. Yeah. So I had to... Don't I, is it, wasn't that with the, the like really poisonous spores that actively almost killed... Grimton? Yes, it was a no. similar similar oh, spore yeah. thing. That that particular spore event was uh, at the Library of Traditions. Yeah, whenever we yes. did realize that he was almost dead and was very close, oh, it just happened okay. to work out. I guess I mixed them in my mind. I know that there was another. This one was more of like a like a sucky, like it like tied him up. I think at one point right. for sacrifice. Uh, yeah, you you experienced the God's dream. Yep, that was freaky. Tell us about the God's dream. Uh. That's a good description. Yeah, you couldn't tell what was real and what was not. Yeah, ugh. And it was just like... God's Man, God's it's true. crazy that all that stuff happened in like the first five episodes of the season. Like, this yeah. yeah, right? Like that feels yeah. really long ago. Because it episode, so irritable. It, it caught our judgment so much that it let us be captured. And you woke up where? Um, In a cage. Tied. Being water tortured. Yes. That was a dark whole segment honestly like everything about that and these episodes were really dark and really heavy yeah it's almost like it was in the underdark (laughs) so you were being water tortured you managed to escape using the grease spell yes oh my gosh i'm a very weird utility for you which i love that's become like single-handedly the most useful spell just like produce grease (laughs) it's it's helped a lot because you used it on the. This is later, but you also used it on the big. Uh, on the what's cave it called? fisher. The cave fisher, yeah, the big spider yeah, thing, I'm and just made it, it like fall. <laughs> uh, so once you unchained yourself uh, from these cage and were able to escape, uh, you found a room that was being guarded by a carrion crawler, I think. Um, yeah, it, it was just the T-shaped else? one, the two gnomes, one of which like had its arm eaten off. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the other one was just like malnourished and terrified. Very worse for wear. Well, we did save them from that immediate peril, but they no, they ended up dying. Who else ended up dying while you were down there? Oh, so who who else are you traveling with? We forgot to mention the prominent NPCs. That oh, are in your party. What? A ton of NPCs with us at that time. That I mean, all real was with us and and Briston and yeah, and the brothers Ormain. Um, uh, then you discovered your captures, mm-hmm. who were some Durigar, uh, right? Durigar, yes. The the white dwarves, right? Gray dwarves, gray dwarves. They had uh, um, dismantled some more forged, I think. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and yeah. that's where yes, he or that's where Grimton got the uh, amethyst hearts that he's been carrying around. Yes. When you uh, went to investigate that Warforged camp after you quickly dispatched the uh, 
the gray dwarves by I think casting grease on the I did because they were carrying they, a warforge. They were carrying the warforge over their head. Trip and then the warforge landed on top of them, so they were easy to dispatch. <laughs> I was just gonna say we found all our stuff, um, and we stayed there. I think we slept there because we were exhausted. Yeah, it was a place we could lock ourselves in and take a nap. Yeah, and that's that's where our companions passed. Um, when we woke up the next morning, they were they were dead. Yeah, yeah the companions that you had just rescued. Note, correct. Not main companion. Not Aurel and the brothers or main. They were still alive. And then that room that we stayed the night in uh, was consecrated by uh, Grimton and Morlinde. Made into uh, like a uh, a tomb. Yeah. And that was a re- that was a really great episode. Very powerful. Um, what was the gnomish for? The light that slays the dark? Great question. Because I forget. Yes. I also don't remember what the gnomish translation of the light I that slays the dark is. don't either. Uh, I'm not even sure I have it written down somewhere. But I'm sure that it's in that episode. So if it's you want to go listen in again. The episode. So if you want to go listen again. Um, then you ran into Takas Ure, who showed you the uh, Warforged camp. Which had just been burned by what? The dragon. Yeah. Melt. No. I forgot the dragon's name. Did have a name. Oh, also, we're straight up missing. uh, One of the most Um, important things that happened. Mavroth. Mavroth. Thank you. There you go. It was an we, uh, We got the party name shortly thereafter. Oh, yeah. Uh, How did you get that? They it was a wanted poster, I think. It was um, a um, uh, a list of marching orders for the Warforged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the, for the unknown associates of Grimton Steady or Grimton Steady and his unknown associates. Yes, um, and that's right. The party name and will be forever. Immortalize. Even even if Grimton's not a member anymore. Forever Twags. Takis took you to Haven, which is spelled Y E W I N. Yes. Uh, and what did we do in Haven? Uh, well, we went, to a a te- uh, we went to a rave bar. You did go to a rave bar. Um, and then we also discovered histories of uh, various people. Oh, yeah, that's right. Takis was recording. Collecting, uh, yeah, writing down for the first time all these oral traditions of. Uh, oh yeah. I'm still deeply concerned clan. about really- the axiom nails that Haven was using. <laughs> yes, because they had the poisoned. Um, and then. We have we kept some, didn't we? I think yes. so. Yeah. We decided to help some priest complete their ritual of taking a honeycomb to a shrine yep you know just a routine side quest a routine (laughs) side quest if you will uh a routine side quest that ended up doing what taking Um, two parts and resulting in the fighting of a dragon and great bear (laughs) yes Uh, oh yeah we made great bear fly deeply ineffective if i'm not in melee range of something (laughs) (laughs) um as you were leaving haven there were some traps and some commotion. One of those commotions uh, revolved around what? Um, oh, there was the, uh, the floor pattern that we had yep, to... Yep, there was some floor pattern that you had to spell the name of Haven, Y-E-W-I-N, well, yeah. which is gnomish. Um, and then there was the Fool's Gold. And who did you who did you find at the Fool's Gold? Artol and Blacktip. Yes, who is an old companion of uh, the Red Capes. Mm-hmm. Had a fallout with uh, the brothers Ormain when they were the three escaping uh, and ended up stumbling upon this fool's gold where she's been convinced that this is a real vein of ore. I, it is, Joe. I don't know what you're talking about. It is, about. yes. There are there may or may not be party members who also are failed still these convinced. wisdom checks. Before we go forward, I think we need to go back slightly because yes. we did not talk about all reels um, condition throughout this whole first half of this arc um, where all real could not sleep and was mm-hmm. being haunted by um, a blue faced ha- like well, monster. Yeah. Which I don't think we necessarily knew 
was another hag until they showed but, up and fought us. Yeah, one of the reasons that Allrill was invited was because you knew that you were going to be going through the Underdark and wanted that, like, access to the Shadowfell, which you uh, figured that this would be from um, relevant for. Right. But then we found out that um, it was another hag that was cursing him that attacked us, and then... What was the location it, for it, this a battle? A pool of water, I remember. Yeah. A, fr- a frozen a frigid. one. Yeah. Well, yes. not quite frozen, but like dang close, yeah. like 33 degrees. Yeah. You wish it was frozen so that you wouldn't have to wade through it. And I remember that the, like, the surface of the water, you could dunk your head under, but then coming back up was not a thing you could do. Correct. Um, and we fought not only this hag, but all real also who was attacking us. Um, yes. And this is this Mainly is the episode... Ulrich. Yeah, I was gonna say this is the episode where Ulrich's face became severely scarred to to match because that was one of the things is Ariel has had a scarred face since the encounter with the Hag, and that has been a source of uh, insecurity to say the least, but like severe crippling discomfort uh, with self yeah. and with social stuff. Yeah, and when eventually you got to the other side of this pool. You took a nice long rest and were interrupted by Leovold. <laughs> Who's Leovold? A turd. Um. <laughs> a dead turd. Yeah, well, you now. Well, okay, this one wasn't. Looking back. This one wasn't murder. I, I wouldn't. I don't want to say that. I don't want to be a murder hobo. My my character also has murdered people. Um, I I am very very proud of the unknown associates of Grimton Steadyhand in general for not being murder hobos. Uh, <laughs> but even though murder has happened, this is this is more like manslaughter. I would uh-huh. say. I, I, yeah, they both signed contracts. Aside from the most recent the duel. episode yeah. that I don't think has even come out yet, I don't think Alaris has just straight up murdered people for no reason. That episode will come out later today. I don't think anything's been like purposeful. Yeah. Like I'm going in, I'm gonna murder this guy. So yeah, manslaughter's probably. (laughs) Um. Well, he challenged me to a fight to the death, and I and I won the fight. You didn't just win the fight. You you beat him as bad as we beat Orcus in our first ever campaign. Like you spanked that poor boy. (laughs) Um. It was it was ugly. Well, wizards don't have a lot of HP. (laughs) <laughs> this is true um, then you needed to break into Delve Deep itself and yep. that was a method that you chose to do that well, with so I mean Herrick and Briston both had very um, different ideas on how we should do it and eventually we decided that we were just going to climb straight up it and do the slightly more dangerous but quicker uh, straight up what? Um, the shaft the mine shaft yes tell us about that adventure uh, well, we had to learn how to fix those harnesses together. Yes. Um, and then we had to learn how to climb with the, the harnesses uh, yes, that we made. Yes, which did not go so well. Um, with the triple bowline and the uh, double prussic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that didn't go very well. It took quite a while to climb up, much to um, Herrick's dismay. <laughs> he was very annoyed. Because um, he was at the bottom. You fought a cave fisher. We did. Which is like this we did. Giant spider thing that who's yeah. worth its weight in gold. Uh huh. Yeah. The other instance of using that oil spell. Yeah. Grease, yeah. But I, I think at, by that point Joe had caught on to my grease shenanigans and didn't quite let it because I I figured maybe grease would just have it fall all the way down, but it didn't quite. Um. But then what happened is uh I I made the giant earthen hand to hold it in place so Grim can oh, could yeah. just hit it over and over again with the sword. Um. You made it to the top of the shaft, which you discovered was a... Cool hipster bar. A cool hipster bar in the middle of an up-and-coming oh, yeah. neighborhood. That was a whole thing. So at some point you had to leave this incredibly uh, fancy hipster district, and you wandered around Delve Deep. What did we discover was happening in Delve Deep? Um, the PIG yes. was <laughs> uh, controlling the district if you will yeah 
they had they had been like shipping homeless folk out to uh, Moldo Keep for imprisonment or something to try to clean up the streets visually. Yeah, and we had a run in with the. You did. Yeah, yeah, we we <laughs> sung and danced our way out of there. And what did we sing? John Kanaka. Uh, John Kanaka. Grimton, tell us about your grandfather. Oh yeah, Gorbring is being used as a, a radicalization tool, kind of. Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. To like make, uh, they're kind of weaponizing the patriotism of his heroics. Yeah, basically. And that sucks. That sucks. You met with the Red Capes and have agreed to help them with their uh, larger quests of eventually overthrowing Greysunder's regime, King Greysunder's regime, for listeners who may not be familiar, who's a fascist asshole. We'll this is clear. Norbolt, right? Because I can never remember... Norbolt Greysunder, yes. Good King Greysunder's name. So you're helping the Red Capes with that. What is the Red Capes' plans? There are three parts to it. Yeah. Part one is what? Stop the Warforged. Part two is kill the king. Part three is put the princess in his place. Or, I I mean, I might reorder some of that and make them all kind of happen at the same time. But eventually, stop the Warforged, get the princess in Grace under spot are, yes, those are priorities. And, well, is it also, like, rally the people? Yes. Spread discontent? Some propaganda working. We went and met with uh, the older gentleman who's Tori Ambar. Tori Mm -hmm. Ambar. And Ambar Pressurized Plumbing, the APP. Yep, who is a dwarf that is so old he makes Grimton look like he's only kind of old. (laughs) (laughs) He is very decrepit and very rich and has decided to help the Red Capes in their propaganda war. Because he just also happened to have, um, number one, beef with Grace under, and number two, access to printing presses. Yep. Which is convenient. Episode 2.22, its title is Four Stories. What were those four stories that happened? Alaris meeting with the person over the... The Weaver's rep. Yeah, the Weaver's rep in Delve Deep, who has just a very small office. Who is Blacktip's either dad or uncle or something? Husband. Oh. Surprise. Yeah. Oh, whoops. Uh, Grimton, what was yours? Um, I finished a project, I guess, <laughs> involving uh, my dad's sculptings of obsidian and found a secret chamber housing the manuscripts of Gorbring. Uh, you found that secret chamber at the forge, and where was the forge? At the family home, right? Yes, was... which has been turned into a museum. Yeah. Auric. What was your story? Dude, I don't remember at all. I've been sitting here trying to remember what I did. Because Grimton's was so interesting to me that you it had overshadowed a, mine. You had a dream vision of... You did have a dream vision. It was a flashback to... Oh, I remember. I relived my experience uh, in Colgafir when when my home was overtaken and leaving and escaping and feeling lost. Uh, you also received a gift from briston i did was, uh, it shows me like a piece of sea glass s-e-e glass lets me it shows me kind of like a skyrim-esque waypoint of where briston is suis todd howard i'm glad Neat. you said s-e-e glass because this entire time i've been thinking we're not that close to the ocean where the heck i mean it's <laughs> it's green like s-e-a glass yeah uh, and I was making that pun huh, purposely, puns. but aha, aha. Mm-hmm. Um, in the episode that hasn't come out as of this current recording, but will come out later today after I get off of this call, um, the you're traveling to Hawarum via what? The, the, the through tunnel. Yeah, through, what's it called? The through, through tunnel. Through tunnel. And remind me what's in Hawarum and why you're going there. The um. Well, the the flying barge is there, and or we hope is there if if it's been finished, um, and the uh, daughter of the of Grace Under. And why do you need that flying barge really quick? Um, to go and save Lieutenant Try, who is being put on Lieutenant trial. Colonel Try, please. Lieutenant Colonel Try, who is being put up on trial for going AWOL. 
I can't wait for Lieutenant Colonel Try to take the throne in Pandominion <laughs> and us have to like kill her next. Yeah, well, I, I'm just assuming that she's the overall she's overarching bad guy and a giant spy, <laughs> and that yeah. everything we're doing is actually just playing right into her hands and the the Pandominion Empire's hands. And so. here you are get, trying to break her out yeah. of a uh, yeah because my character you know. doesn't doesn't think that. <laughs> Let's be honest, we're just you... dumb and create problems for ourselves. <laughs> Every time we give the pandemonium just like an inch, I'm like, Ugh. boy, that's going to come back and bite later, huh? Yeah. yeah like, the let's southern let's readout, establish this readout. Just, yeah. <laughs> yes. Like try. Uh... Uh, let's get on to part two of this um, fun holiday episode. Or is it... Is this a holiday episode or a birthday episode? I think it's been a birthday episode in the past, right? Yes. Uh, our birthday is a holiday, so... You're right. We're the only... Everybody mark your calendars for Advantage Day. Season's greeting. Happy Holidays references also Advantage, as well as other wintertide holidays. Let's do credits, y'all. Who wants to do what? I call Dibs on Dark Silver 4. It's just my favorite commercial. I love it. I think I did that one last time, though, so maybe I should mix it up. No, you can do whatever. Cool, I want to do that one. Are these cool. somewhere? Or are we just doing them off the cuff? Let's uh, do it Joe off the cuff. Joe said that we should be able to do it off the cuff now. Well, yeah. Should's a funny word. <laughs> We'd like to thank all our uh, wonderful supporters who have helped us on this journey so far. That includes uh, our incredible patrons who make it to where... Um, you know, we don't have to pay to produce this show out of pocket, uh, which is really the biggest boon of them all. As long as we're covering our costs, we can make this show possible for you, uh, and we love doing it. Um, we also want to thank people like Daniel Grayling, who did all of our graphic work on our website, um, like our logo, and also every single map that you see uh, on advantagednd.com world. Uh, we also want to thank Blake Bost, who composed our main overture and uh, associated musics like that, and Orman Audio, uh, who has done some recent music for ARC 2, and we happen to have um, the composer of Orman Audio here. Um, all of uh, all of the music done by Orman Audio can be found on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Um, just under Orman Audio. Um, hey, how do you spell Orman? O R M I N. M I N. Yeah, I just realized that on the website it says M A N. So I'm gonna um, go ahead and fix that. Yeah. Res. Um, also, big shout out to the coolest dice company to have ever existed, uh, Dark Silver Forge. Uh, I believe everyone in the cast is rolling their dice. I personally use... Not Sarah. Sarah's are lost because well, Sarah moved. Well, but she has them. She does have them. I think I know what box they're in. I, I'm Get them out, please. personally rolling with the uh, Cthulhu gold set and have been lusting after the dark alpha set. Looks pretty cool. Also, inning awesome. um, there are options like the Dragonsteel Silver, uh, Shadow Rogue Rose Gold, which I believe Sarah has. No, I don't have them yet. I need to buy them. Um, you have the rainbow set. Oh, and then the rainbow metal we, set. We did give away the uh, Shadow Rogue set to um, friend and companion of the podcast, Dylan Reed, who won our giveaway this summer, though. Oh, yeah. Um, but they're they're all incredible. They're made of a cast zinc alloy, five and a half times heavier than your standard plastic dice. And honestly, they're just cool like i they are so cool i get excited every time i open up my dice and get to roll with them do be careful on wooden tables they are heavy and they will cause little dents um which actually gives you an excuse to buy one of their custom dice trays which are super cool uh just check it out um another thing that they've got oh, sorry this is a longer commercial than <laughs> i'm supposed to that's really cool um are these little like reusable um what are they called? They, they're like minis, but it's just like a little plastic uh, thing that you can draw on so that you can have sort of endless tabletop fun drawing different monsters on there, making hero grips. That's what they're called, hero grips. So these little like, they're, they're kind of like tombstone shaped and they're uh, small enough to fit in the one inch by one inch square and they're just blank. And so you can either print out 
things to tape onto them or draw on them with a dry erase marker so that instead of having to have a bunch of separate minis for things, you just have those and you can make them into whatever you need. So if you're using an actual tabletop, uh, I strongly encourage those. I've been considering buying some for myself for the campaign that I do at home. What's the ad slot? Like what's, what's the special deal that listeners can get? Oh yeah. Uh, if you use the promo code Advantage D and D, all caps, no space, you get ten percent off your purchase. And uh, you can also use the code uh, Darkmore, D A R K M O R E, uh, no caps, sorry, all caps, no spaces, uh, which is a great segue for me. Um, so. We are part of the Darkmore Podcast Network, which has been a really great source of community for us. There's a ton of D&D podcasts that are all in our network together. You can follow the link uh, to get on our Discord. This is where you can hang out with all of us and all of our cool friends who run other podcasts that are so much fun. Such as? Um, How Friends Roll, Playing Out of Character, Fun But Why, The Misadventures. Uh, the misadventures and of course yours truly that's us oh yeah us we're in it sorry we're just listing <laughs> no, no. other ones <laughs> you can find advantage on all our socials uh for facebook twitter and such do we have an instagram we do yes. have an instagram we also have a pinterest and a tumblr instagram in- instagram pinterest we and we had a subreddit for a little while we did have a subreddit the subreddit is dead just go to the discord <laughs> At I think it's all Advantage DND. It's our handle for everything, yeah. but not the name of the show. Yes, we are just Advantage. Yay, social media! Yay, social media! That's everybody, right? We did everything. Awesome. I think we did everything. I didn't say anything, but I think we did everything. Oh, do you have any other uh, additional stuff, Zach? No, not really. Shout um, out! Thank to you guys it. for listening. Shout out to everyone. I guess. Shout out to Zach. You'll be listening to this on his birthday, probably. He will be listening. Yes. His b- birthday is January 1st, which is also our birthday. I was going to say shout out to Zach also for um, making Alaris the single most mechanically useful character in the entire party. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the real hero, guys. <laughs> he has destiny in his blood. Oh, we'd have he been, we'd have been well dead without Alaris. <laughs> like, it's interesting because, like, you were whenever we were just doing the recap, um, you were talking about Morlinde and um, Ulrich's reason to be traveling, and I was like, man, what is Alaris's reason to actually Alaris, be here? Alaris and Grimton's reason to be traveling is because Lieutenant Colonel Erica Try has commissioned the uh, Special Legionnaires of Grimton and Alaris to look into the Warforged on behalf of the Pandominion. Are we the bad and guys sure. generals? Yes. yes. We're, we're, we're the bad guys envoys. You're, I mean, at this point, you're you're still under uh, the lieutenant colonel, so you'd probably be like a major or a captain. No, but she's eventually going to like be the queen of... Uh, this is my head more cannon. This, th- so. Yeah, this is... Yes, he's speaking, not Grimton. <laughs> this is my headcanon. She's going to be the queen, and then we're going to be like, well, she's been nice to us, so like we should just you know, do what she says. And then we're going to be like, are we are we bad now? Are we the bad guys? Are, are we the, are we the we're bad all bad guys? boys here. Okay, let's move on to the next part. <laughs> the, this is a thing that we need to do. It's not a shout-out, but um, if you're a fan of the show... Uh, even if you're not listening to this on iTunes, please go leave us an iTunes review. Oh, yeah. A lot of uh, everything else we do do get our like statistics and stuff from our iTunes reviews. It helps us get out there, and it's it's probably the single most powerful free thing you can do to help the show, other than just listening. Oh well, also tell your friends. You know, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely <laughs> tell your friends. That's that's an immediate thing that you should also do. But. Um, the iTunes reviews on the Apple Podcast app uh, help get it beyond just your friends and to make us findable and searchable and all that jazz. Um, let's go to the next part. Da, 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 da. Do you, do you want to introduce it? Like how, like talk yeah, about yeah, what I'll, we're going to be talking I'll about? I'll introduce it. So... On the Discord, we've had a lot of recent questions about uh, specific locations in the cusp that we have not been able to explore in story. Um, mm-hmm. And I have asked the players to 
uh, come up with, or enhance rather, the lore that has already been given to these places. These places like Kolgafir and Zadal and the Hinterlands and Defeat and Alvadar. Basically, we're going to help reestablish already created lore and help further embellish what these places look like. Uh, and I'm going to ask Yessie to go first because Yessie's got to go here in like 20 minutes and I want to make sure that that gets done. Is my original Alvadar prompt on the Google Drive? Maybe. Somewhere? Why do you need it? Just I thought you did your homework, Yessie. Well, I... <laughs> I like have some already written lore. I don't want to like, you know get stuff mm. wrong i see it now okay that's good because i don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to this is pertaining particularly to the politics of alvador do you want me to just read it verbatim i don't know whatever you want to do this is your bit this is something to do with the islands of alvador which are the high elf i don't know like region in the cusp yeah um can you point out that where it is geographically on a map so if you were looking at the map of the cusp it's in the southwest corner like and it's you have to cross the what's the name of the ocean the green ocean the green ocean to get to if it. you're not already looking up the map uh dear listener it would be very looking helpful. at it i strongly encourage you to do so it is on the advantage website at advantagednd.com slash world this is from like three or four years ago Right. Yes, back before we ever started recording and we were just like building the world that we would be playing in, this was created. The main island is called Temperance. Temperance can only be approached from its north border as like the east, west, and south are like just cliffed, basically. So making it nigh impossible to port there. But the northern border is uh, beachy. The capital city is Highwind, but it's not the most populous city. The most popular city being Storm's Eye. And they do, they have a very proud uh, uh, lineage of scholars and wizards. And coming from the Alvadar Academy for Arcane Advancements, that a-A-A-A, if you will. Ah! This is having to do with their politics. The High Elves are governed by a bicameral senate comprised of the House of Academics and the House of Commons. The House of Academics includes 10 high-achieving alumni from the Alvador Academy appointed by the staff. Typically, there are no recent graduates amongst the 10 unless a truly gifted elf pupil is due to graduate and the spot is found vacant. The House of Commons is a body of 50 elected officials. The Senate resolves most issues by deferring to standing committees whenever possible. Seats on the committee are appointed by areas of expertise. So, you know, if you're a farmer, you're probably going to be in the farming committee. Makes sense. The full Senate meets at least once every lunar cycle, though more frequently meetings are not too rare, specifically if matters of foreign affairs are involved. Though mostly a figurehead, Alvador enjoys the grace of its queen. The queen attends most, all that are possible, domestic festivities, preserves, serves to appease any rising turmoil, but by far her most important duty is serving as a foreign diplomat. The queen also has the powers to call to order a full senate meeting, even if it's not due by the lunar cycle. And the I queen forget how robust you made this political. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. this is not a bad system of rule here. It's all right. The Queen presides over Senate meetings when available. In the Queen's absence, a random member of the House of Academics is chosen to preside. Just a random member? Yeah, I know. I like... Why did I write that? Is it like, out of a hat? What's the deal there? Yeah, I'm imagining... They just play spin the bottle and... (laughs) They have have more magical ways to do it. Sure, it's a magical hat. It's It's a wizard's cap. It's one of those that's like, in air quotes, random, because... It could probably be easily influenced if you want someone specific presiding over a meeting that the queen's not at for <laughs> whatever debauchery you have planned. I don't know. One of the more recent points about lore uh, that was created oh, yeah. is uh, it's very, very, very rich and uh, specialized coffee industry. Yes. <laughs> which says something about the climate there, I think. Yeah, so it would have to be pretty tropical because 
you know, you can't yeah. go coffee in a, a temperate or cold right. atmosphere, which I guess makes sense. They're like, you know, island chains. Sure, yeah. Very archipelago, tropical. That big, the big bank. Oh, yeah, mm. there's also the really huge bank that uh, Alaris found a, was it a coin or a note or like a uh, receipt? receipt, a, receipt a deposit receipt. Interesting. Something that I came up with when you asked for uh, unique aesthetics, all that I could think of is, because I know, elves and moons make sense to me. So mm-hmm. on the eaves of full moons, it seems as though the grasses and like rocks and Avatar seem to glow with a arcane radiance and it's the night of uh, their festival so while the senate is meeting during the day after the meeting is over the whole of Avatar just kind of uh, embraces festivities every month there are happy people on the cusp there are two distinct um, groups of high elves there's the moon elves and the sun elves and the moon elves uh the silver band um would be well located in uh next to the azure keep that's where uh alaris's family is from they've got that like silver pearlescence to their skin and then there's the sun elves which we can see focused at the city of greenfields in the watched forest and then also at alvadar so they're not quite as moony as they would be sunny can you give us uh i mean they would certainly have a connection to corlon who's um whose symbol is a moon but can you give us a sun festival as well yeah so i'm gonna say since they're i guess not as well represented in alvadar i'm trying to think of like the frequency in which they're gonna be festivaling feasting yeah partying fiestaing i liked festivaling better (laughs) fiestaing is dwarven i'm gonna say yes i was i was tracking it was good oh i guess it could be it would be like on the eaves of the new moon sure yeah that makes sense yeah so on the eaves of the new moon the festival of the high sun takes place which is celebrating uh this balance between sun and moon and light and shadow yeah the the harmonization of it yeah mm -hmm. and it's a very whereas the moon festival tends to be more uh raucous the feast of the high sun is more like you know close family and you just have like a big meal and uh enjoy each other's company bask in it if you will can i go next because i might need to go next soonest i was tasked with Colgafear, um, which makes sense with my character personally anyway, because I am from there. Colgafear is basically just a harsh climate and land populated mostly by humans who are as hard as the land that gave them birth. Um, their system of rule is equally combative. Colgafearian society is largely disparate clans named after after their original leaders. The clan chieftains are typically literally just the biggest dudes in the group, showing off their Goliath heritage. So racially speaking, um, Goliaths like populated this area. And now their, like, blood has been diluted by, like, human presence. And most of the Kolgafirian people are humans, but with some distant Goliath blood. So the bigger you are, hypothetically, like, the more of it you have. Um, There are several full-blooded Goliaths that exist, but they're becoming fewer and fewer. Um, The clans themselves have various holds that are scattered throughout Kolgafir, but they have to regularly travel for food and resources. So like they have lands that are like their lands, but they, they need like, it's a harsh tundra for most of it. And then like they're migratory. Yeah. Well, like it's, it's more that like they have a home base, but they regularly have to send large portions of their clan out to go get things. The clans are always sort of in conflict, but not necessarily open war. So, like, they're not actively like, ooh, I'm going to just make sure to try and kill everybody, but they're not going to be friendly with each other when they come against each other. There's lots of clan feuds. Uh, anytime they encounter each other out in the wild, like, it's going to be a fight. Um, there is at least one clan that is populated by mostly orcs. 
Um, it's the sort of weird one of the group. It has some of that same Goliath blood, um, but is predominantly orcish in nature. They're not necessarily outcasts because there's not necessarily like a main society, but like they are looked upon with sort of suspicion and almost a degree of mysticism. Um, so normally that's just kind of their life. Like they, they live, they get resources, they're, uh, combative, but like content with where they have and not necessarily trying to expand my, uh, my canon or my head canon at least for why these Kolgafirian warriors took over. What was, what were the name of the two fortresses? There's the fortress of war, fortress of war, yeah, fortress of peace of fortress of peace. And they took over the one, they took over the fortress of peace, right? Um, yeah. the fortress of war was on the island of on the, Olgafir, and the fortress of uh, peace is on the uh, mainland side of that street. So my headcanon for that is that a a high chieftain uh, has kind of arisen and started uniting some of the clans with the idea of conquest. Um not all of Kolgafir is that harsh. The southernmost tip, which is where Ulrich is from, um, is relatively temperate, and that's part of why they're starting to move that way. Like they don't want to have to be struggling for resources like they are, and they see the empire of the Pandominion as easy pickings. It's it's mostly that they think that they're like sort of superior, and they can you know survival of fittest. If they want to take it, they can. I have given some names to some like various places. Um, sure. The ones that I am most, uh, I'm a, the biggest fan of is if you're looking at the map and you look um, on Colgrafe, which is in the northern, northeastern uh, part of the cusp, the gray and dark gray areas in the like uppermost right corner. It's, it's imagine like a step canyon lands but like snow um so like it, there are mountains but they're also just these like vast canyons and and stuff like that um and they're just called the barrens um oh, dig it the one dot up there uh is a place called the city of screams um Ooh. and it's uh not really a city like it's it's ruins essentially um, but they're vast and it's called the city of screams due to an unknown, but likely very dark past, uh, that everybody assumes is really tragic. Um, and the way the wind comes through that area, it, it produces an actual howl, like a distinctly loud kind of scream sound, just the way the wind comes through. Mm -hmm. And at the like, I love that farthest edge past that um of Kolgafir. so like this is the farthest to the right little tip that kind of touches the black part around the um the ether yes the ether uh is a place just called ether watch outpost um it's nobody even like really knows if there's still like Kolgafir clans out there it's sort of believed that there are and its existence is to to sort of keep the monsters at bay um Kolgafir is one of the few places that does jut up against the ether, and so there are sometimes monsters that make their way out of there, and that's part of what makes the landscape so scary. Um, but this this outpost, populated or not, is was at least originally created to keep an eye on things coming out. So that's my that's my Kolgafir uh, stuff, and with that, I also kind of have to roll. Okay. <laughs> But I love you guys, and this is going to be a cool episode, and I can't wait to do it. Do I just need to, Joe, call this... Uh, uh, your name, anniversary. I think I'm going to peace out as well. Yeah, totally. Bye, guys. Thanks for your time. Bye. Good work today. Bye. Um, Sarah? Zach? Yeah, I'll go. Um, although, uh, I mean, we can still do it with two people. It's fine. I wrote generative improvisational generative creation driving questions yes I wrote some great and that's what Zach and I are for but yeah. it's you and Zach and me okay so um, so you're also map, one of the uh, people I too I also generate yes um, so if you look at the map um, 
what Joe tasked me with was to say what's going down in Hinterland and Defeat and the Oasis that is Triumph. Um, and that's in just like that big desert and um, kind of wasteland in the center. Um, and I'll start with Hinterlands because that's pretty, I think it's really cool. It's, it's very rockin'. It's like rockin', rocky. <laughs> it's, a, it's a barren, bad land. Um, so if you think of anything that is just like straight up gray or red rocks and not a whole lot of wildlife, um, very deserted. Um, very like South Dakota. Of, yeah, and there's a lot of like orc, um, like traveling raiding parties because like there is stuff there to like there's like mines and stuff um nothing nothing like super valuable um but there is still like mining and quarrying so like there are small outposts of people trying to make money trying to make a living um and the orcs just kind of run around and um mess things up there's also a lot of um adventurers out there trying to like sightsee because it is very beautiful it is like you said very like south dakota-esque um so there are some brave adventurers trying to get out there and like see things and adventure, but of course they're getting constantly messed up by orcs. Can I add something in here? People hostage. Yeah. Um, the northern route of the Trader's Path, which goes from the yeah, I was just about to mention that as well. Azure Keep to Triumph, mm-hmm. also goes through there. So there's a lot of valuable goods, especially yeah. in this time of conflict where uh, sea travel from Zadal to the Pandominion uh, is, um, well, stopped because of the uh, the siege. Oh, yeah, I forgot that there was more traffic than usual because yeah. of that. So there's a lot of high-value goods that the that those orcs would be going That's after, yeah. too. From Zadal, coming to and from Zadal, right? Yeah, right. between um, Zadal and the Pandominion. Actually, um, early on in the show, the main reason that the Pandominion was trying to forge the relationship the watch, the watch was because that road through the hinterlands is so dangerous. Yeah. Exactly. And it costs a lot of money to, like... Um, hire people to keep your party safe yeah there are definitely Um, professional adventurers out there yeah uh and those a lot of those people are stationed in um triumph which i imagine is just like an incredible city if you think of it like in the style of those like old ottoman buildings that they have in the in turkey and in the middle east um but then right next to it is because it is a trade city and because it is an oasis there's a lot of money there so not only are these old incredible buildings but also they like somebody has a lot of money there and they're building these brand new super modern looking buildings things hmm. like um, dubai type stuff um so it's this dichotomy of like really old been here a long time versus yeah the ancient and new and this is that triumph um, yeah. yeah this is a triumph um yeah, sorry, I moved on from the hinterlands. Uh, but yeah, so Triumph itself, because it's an oasis, um, I imagine it has a lot of like aqueducts going on. Um, and I also, uh, I decided that the oasis itself, like the water, the place where the the actual like... The oasis itself? Is, the oasis itself is kind of like... Um, Kind of like at the top of like a hill or a plateau interesting so they built it down around it they built the city down around it so that's kind of how the aqueducts can work so easily so it's like a caldera almost of uh for an old volcano crater that's been filled in like yeah. uh crater lake uh, national yeah, park or something like that um except like smaller scale yeah but and also and not a volcano <laughs> not a volcano just it's just up high um <laughs> I thought you said a pie, like a space P I E. What's cool about it um, is that a lot of the uh, people who live and work there are tieflings. So, like the like, okay. a lot of there's a lot of tiefling history there as well, and in the uh, uh, the desert around it in defeat. Um, there's a lot of like quote unquote buried treasure. I'm done, it's not even in quotes. There's a lot of buried treasure. Um, honestly, because it didn't used to be so arid. hot and dry and arid, like people used to live there. So there's a lot of ruins, all sorts um, of tombs and unknown shit. Yeah. Yeah, but the issue is that, like, you know, sand blows around, deposition happens, and so 
a lot of that stuff has been really, really buried. So some of it you have to really dig for. Some of it just gets, you know, the wind blows and new stuff gets unearthed. You're at the right place so, at the right time. Yeah. So it's like a constant, like people have to like, if you, if you are trying to find treasure um, or find cool historical stuff in defeat, like you've got to be like, you have to be wandering around in the desert, like constantly. So a lot of people are outposted in triumph to go do those things. But again, we've got all the orcs um, coming in, trying to mess people up. So um, also it's a desert. So you can't go too much, too much farther out from um, triumph without having like a lot of supplies. So logistically, it's really difficult, but people spend a lot of money to try and unearth things and find things. Um, the payout's great. <laughs> yeah. One of my generative questions would be like, what are some of the cool things that they find? Um, but it's mostly like, you know, old cultural artifacts of like a tiefling. I wouldn't, I don't know if it would be an empire. I haven't really decided, but like there used to be a, a big tiefling governing body of some sort in that area. Uh, so I have a question. So since both trade routes, the one that goes through um like the southern and northern path yeah yeah meet in triumph do they have especially in this like time of need have they been raising like tariffs enter the city or anything you know oh like, god you know they have huh that would make sense why there's a lot of new money too yeah new money is like public money um or whoever you know runs the the way in way out um i think I think in general, because more there's been more trade, there's just been a lot more money coming in. So yeah, definitely tariffs. Um, definitely a, a much higher need for uh, protective uh, like security along the route. Yeah. So business is booming. Um, yeah, I bet a lot of those. Uh, the city's been growing so much. I could I could almost see some of the adventuring parties that normally would be out scouring the ruins now turning their um attentions more towards these random trade caravans yeah for real like that's that's a more consistent paycheck yeah Yeah. you don't have to search you literally there are two roads (laughs) and you can guarantee that there's going to be something of value there because otherwise if it's not a value it's not going to be shipping yeah Uh, also for the listener um sarah's partner is currently inside uh the house having band practice and so sarah is out on the lawn (laughs) recording which is what you can hear in the background there yeah i was i was hoping this would happen during recording we could find a way to like yeah and so there's this band that is also uh very popular (laughs) in triumph it's very regional (laughs) it's got some heavy drumming going on yeah drums are a major factor absolutely yeah the guitar sounds good too, but I don't think you guys. Can yeah, we can't. Pick, we can't pick up the guitar. <laughs> yeah, Richard has one volume setting for his drums, and it is eleven. <laughs> um, and so, this is why we rent a house instead of an apartment. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of what I got about uh, Triumph. I am excited to at some point go look around there and do more stuff there because I just, I love the idea of like a, 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 a desert oasis, like boom town, like dealing with people who are used to, you know, running security and fighting off orcs. Um, like, maybe you could do a disadvantage set there. I want you to do a disadvantage. I want you to do a disadvantage set there. Um, okay. uh, Zach is, preparing for, to run a disadvantage episode and where is that one taking place that's going to take place in zadal joe which is conveniently um what i'm going to talk about right now whoa great segue <laughs> yeah look at that it's like you planned it um so zadal is if you look if you're looking on the map um it is to the west and it is the um greenish part in the middle below the gray that's the mountains um those aren't part of it and then the bottom is the cleared labyrinth and that's not part of it it's all that middle area um and what that middle area is is the joshua plains which is um the large amount of zadal um and where a lot a large amount of the population works it's a lot of uh farming there's a lot of specifically uh 
wheat and rice grown in the Joshua Plains. Very grain-based. Yeah. Um, but there are also several forests and, and kind of mountainy areas in there. Um, most of the mountains are notable because they have a large keep on top of them um, that are occupied by the various lords that rule um, those areas in the king's stead. Um, one in particular um, keep is off the port town of Gager, um, which is. How do you spell that? Uh, G A G E R, the main trade city, where like the where Pandominion would have been sending the supplies and their trade routes to, is that's that's Gager, um, and off the coast of Gager, there's a large um, mountain that is pops out that's pops out of the sea, and on top of it is an old shipwrecked ship that has been turned into a keep for one of the cool. Yeah. The main capital city of um, Zadal is Kinhoro. It's spelled K-E-N-H-O-R-O. Um, and it, along with a lot of the other architecture of Zadal, is very like Bossing Say from Avatar yes. The Last Airbender. Or um, like Forbidden City-esque. When we get to Kihiro specifically, one of the main things people notice is just how large everything is. Like how large of a scale. Um, the city is massive and everything looks like it's built wider than it should be by a significant amount. Um, and that's because the king of Zadal is the ancient gold dragon um, Severoth. Neat. Yeah, and he lives in this giant keep in the middle of the city um, surrounded by a giant statue of him. This statue is so massive that the wings to um, go from city's edge to city's edge. Dang! That's so cool. That's so cool. How far away That's can you see? Stuff. I, I mean, okay, it's 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 been established that like you could theoretically see the other side of the cusp if the if the air was clear, like, and there was no like just haze, like from literally one side of the cusp to the other because the cusp is flat. Um, sure. How far away on like an average day can you see this giant statue of Chevroth? Um, I would say that like, can, without can you like, see it from the edge of the defeat? Like, yeah, to to the naked eye, I would say the edge of the defeat with a spyglass of some sort. Uh-huh. Um, you could probably see it all the way from Triumph. Wow. Cool. The, but the king, um, like as I said, is uh, Severoth, ancient gold dragon, um, and he's ruled over Zadal for hundreds of years. As an ancient dragon, he's in like the 800 year range, and he's been in charge of Zadal for most of his life. Um, and in that time, Zadal has known nothing but prosperity and peace. Everyone loves him for the most part, and he's just brought a lot of prosperity to the land through trades and, and whatnot. And as a gold dragon, um, the other rulers of the area are all metallic dragonborn. Um, so like cool. every one of those keeps is owned by a different dragonborn ruler. And most of the notorious business owners of the, of the world are also metallic dragonborn. Um, chromatic dragonborn are looked down upon and have a very hard time um, finding a footing in Zadal, and a lot of times we'll find, go other places to live. They, they so that's like that's like bronze dragon versus blue dragon sort of stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Chromatic yeah. being the blue red uh, green dragons, like the red yeah. dragon uh, who you killed earlier. Yes. For example, and, and, one of one of the you've met a metallic dragon before, right? Uh, Is that the one that we? That's the one whose uh, treasure box. You yes. broke into yes. back in the city of Havenmere. Yeah, they might have even had connections to family in Zadal. I'm sure they did. Uh oh. That wasn't a long game plot planned by me. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's like the ruling class of Zadal is all the the metallic dragons. But there there are people of all races that live there and make their way because it's so prosperous. People travel to Zadal specifically to try find work and make a life for themselves, especially now in the war-torn eastern half of the world. Yeah, yeah. The, when the Pandominion is struggling, I would imagine that there's a lot of uh, immigration going to 
uh, Zudal, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to stop my recording real quick because my computer is dying and I don't want to risk it. Perfect. That makes sense. And then we will also stop that recording uh, after a quick sign-off. This is that sign-off. Hey, happy third birthday, everybody. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Couldn't Thank do you it without guys for listening. You. We really couldn't. We did it. Um, and Jesse and Steven probably also feel that way, but there's a chance that they also hate you. So we'll never know what that is. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Yep.